0: from the home offices of ash and flow this is unbillable hours a podcast about professional services marketing stick around and listen to our insights tips and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career
1: Welcome, everybody, to this new episode of the Unbelievers Wallace podcast, where it is just Ash, hello, and myself. No guests today.
0: Yeah, no guests, because we've got a lot of stuff to say anyway, don't we?
1: Yeah, we've had so many guests on, and they were great, and now it's time for just you and me again. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, do- Doing the
1: buddy show, as I've <laughs> learned this is called... <laughs>
0: I it's had okay. no idea right that up. a two-people show was called a buddy show. But, hey, it's two different voices rather than just yeah. one voice droning on and probably putting you to sleep. Yeah. Also, I presume that to
1: really run a buddy show, you probably have to have beers while doing it. You have to be maybe 20% funnier than we are, and you probably have to be into team sports, for example. So you can discuss basketball like the same... Team sport, like both people like so you can discuss basketball or cricket or whatever
0: it is. You know um, what? We could you know, let's sideway talking to a sport failing at weekend, that. Which is, the rugby, <laughs> which is oh, a rugby. Which is a rugby. Neither of us have watched it this weekend, but yeah.
1: I'm not interested in that either. My sister, I think, is a rugby fan for wild reasons, which are not for here. But yeah, I'm not I don't know anything about the sport. Other than it strikes yeah. me as the more honest and probably brutal version of American football. I'm not sure if that's correct, but uh, American football. And just seeing the guys sport, running about with no helmets has me think that that might be. So people can write in and yell at me for getting this wrong,
0: but yeah, rugby is brutal and all of that. whereas uh, American football is just a mathematical thing. If you really look into it, it is essentially well, the head injuries I mean, Yes, stuff, there are people it? big. There are big bully people like running, you know running into each other and hitting each other and shit, but. There is a mathematical element for some weird reason. But getting into things, I think you have something to tell our audience, right? Yeah, yeah, I wanted
1: to kick this one off with a short plug, if I may, before we get into the the sauce for for this episode. So I will, or client-friendly, my tiny fledgling firm, so to speak, will be present at an event in Germany that is called the... Deutsche Beratertag. So it's the German consultancy day, if you will. It's a congress hosted by the BDU. That's the German industry association, lobby group, however you want to call it, of management consultancies. And so, yeah, on the slim chance of any of our German listeners being there or being out there, just stop by the booth, say hi. We'll bring uh, a few interesting giveaways and, and a fancy shiny tool, essentially trying to set people up for a 10-minute on-site marketing review, combining some of the and workshop, combining some of the tools we use. It's like a, it's like a 10-minute demo of how we typically work. Um, I'm struggling to put it all together, make it work until, because it's on November 3rd, we'll be there all day. It's in Dusseldorf. And if you are going, you know all these things. And if you don't know all these things, you're probably not going at this point because I think that reservations are...
0: <laughs> in short, if you <laughs> but, want yeah. to go up front and like run into Flow and talk about, you know, client friendly, your services, or even the podcast, or the in podcast. fact, he's got you a can... really interesting, he, he's got a really interesting demo slash workshop if you catch them during the break so if you're interested yeah which which coincidentally is related off on the 3rd of november
1: yeah which by the way is related to the topic of today's podcast because we are going to show what parts of our offering set and this is how how we get into the media part of this episode, right? Because, I mean, I think you and I had, we have referenced the buying journey and how you have to design it all the time, right? But yeah. I noted that we had never explained the concept of an offering set in detail. And so I suggest we do this today. Now I might be wrong and you have to correct me because my mind is getting hazy. It's all a blur at this point. Like what did we do in podcast episodes and whatnot? And I'm too lazy to go back into the notes. We've been <laughs> running this
0: for about <laughs> two and a half <laughs> years now. So, hey, I think there might be- one. There might be points of repetition in the show, given the fact that... But that's good, right?
1: So, because we this is busy. how we all learn. we got to repeat our stuff.
0: Well, I do yeah, know I that we did an episode of offering
1: off. development, but I think we have not discussed yeah. the, the idea of offering sets in, in depth. So I don't know. How should we start? Maybe we start by... So by do you, out do you it
0: want to kick to it be. off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: the idea of an offering set, I think, to, I, I'll try my hand enough at a definition sort of on the fly. I think what an offering set is, it's a series of interlinked sort of subsequent offerings you design, ideally for a specific client and buying buyers set, right? So, so it's a specific group of people, or if you have multiple target groups, you need multiple offering sets. But okay, so it's a series of interlinked offerings that allow a prospective client to sort of progress through increasingly valuable, but also increasingly quote unquote risky, engagements of your firm. Risky in the sense that they have to commit to more stuff, the scope gets broader, and also, of course, the price increases. So instead of hitting them with the, please hire us for a you know $800,000 project to do X, which that is the situation we want to avoid, we tell them, oh, if you need help with X, here is a, a little bit of a free resource, here is something, here's a little bit of uh, something that requires a bit more commitment, right? A two day webinar or a roadshow thing. And then sort of tag subsequent services onto these things. So that would be, so that we get something that marketers effectively call a funnel, right? So you, you get them from yes. free stuff into, for lack of a better word, low price stuff, right? For, which still has decent value to, into the high price stuff of the full mm-hmm. thing. and. I don't know. You, do, you had an interesting phrase there beforehand for how you called this. Um,
0: I was just saying that you could call it differential buying because essentially yeah. you are trying to sell your entire product over time, but in slightly different pieces. So you can like look at which part of your entire funnel do you make the most sales? Do you do it at the start? Yeah. Do you do it at the end? Do you do it at the middle? But essentially you're tr- trying to eventually sell your whole range of services in your entire package. Yeah. You're not selling and, it as one go, but you're selling it in piecemeal to the same client. Exactly. and then, even bits. Yeah, go on. Yeah.
1: And before we lay it out in a bit more detail, maybe the, the rationale here or why would we do this? Well, simply put, right? clients are not running around ready to give you 800K if they don't know you. So they need some sort of on-ramp or some ways to build trust. Same is true probably for your firm, right? You want to qualify mm-hmm. or disqualify the the client step by step. And this idea of the offering set, I think we shouldn't uh, deny this, that there's a commercial rationale here where we say, well, let's try and get paid for some of this stuff as soon as we can so that mm-hmm. we, well, recoup some of the costs of bringing in new clients to our full offering as they progress through these stages. So I don't know if you have another reason for it. I think to me, that's pretty much it. It's, no, I think those are building the two trust... reasons why we do this. Yeah,
0: yeah, Building trust upselling as a lot of people call certain things and also yeah. the fact that it's a relationship you just jump you can't just push everything into you know teron at the start you have to like give them as they say a sample and once you've given yeah. the sample then you essentially start piecing together like what their entire journey is you yeah hook them in by selling a supply chain transformation but you ended it by doing a finance transformation as an example
1: so, yeah for example but i like the word i like the word oh, i'm i'm interested in the word you used there the you know, you just said you you hook them in or you upsell them that's yeah. the language and i think it's all correct and, and honest and that's what we're trying to do but i think sometimes at least for my years it also has this connotation which i would say is wrong which is we give you know, very limited value. It's a very constrained and, and not really great piece you yep. get from you first. And if you want to get all the value, you have to go the entire piece, but which is, I ideally, I think in offerings, that's not necessarily true. There should be decent value in every step, right? Although mm-hmm. it's not the full one. I, I agree, right? But maybe no, just- You can't, uh, you can't
0: sell everything at the get-go, right? Because you, can't you can't do... have to like-
1: yeah, sorry, because... I was going to say, you you can't do a free but shitty webinar at the front end and then try and yeah. upsell people to the next thing. All the stuff has to be good. All the stuff has to offer more value than the client quote unquote pays for. And I get it on the free end of things, people are not paying with dollars, but they're paying with their time, they're paying with their attention and so forth, right? And if they don't get a multiple of their investment back, the, the offering set logic sort of breaks down
0: it's is. like building a road using Lego bricks. You still have to build, you know your basic foundation yeah. before you start making everything pretty on the side that is true.
1: So if I'm not too lazy, we'll put a sample slide for this in the show notes, but let's map out the typical offering set and mm-hmm. and I'll I'll call it where people can deviate from the structure here or there. But first of all, and uh, there's two, groups of columns, right? Because this is a column logic and in, in the way I typically present it. There's a group of columns headlined free stuff because they don't require the client or prospective client to pay. And then there's mm-hmm. a, a collection of columns that's called paid stuff, because this is where we start to send invoices in exchange for the value we offer to, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, get some of our costs recouped early on, and, or maybe eventually turn a profit on the Relationship yeah. or the services rendered, and we get to that. So in the group of free stuff, there's two columns. The first one just reads educational content. And I think we all know what that is, right? That's your blog posts, thought digital articles, your podcasts. Hello. Any free ungated resources you you are willing to share if you have checklists, all that type of stuff, right? So that's the educational piece. No costs required and also honestly no commitment beyond spending the time of reading it because you're not asking for signups or anything of that sort. That's how it typically yeah. begins. And then we have the well, I, I find friendly in I call it the relationship starter offers. I think in marketing people would just call these conversion offers, which is essentially just gated material, right? So beefed up resources that you put behind a gate so people leave their contact information or Maybe they show up in person, right? Gated doesn't have to be, in, it's on the internet. It could be that it's an event, an exclusive event where people have to register for, or it's a part of your show booth where someone has to scan their badge or whatever, but yep. it's it's that's the idea. So this could be, you know, gated resources, like, like an extensive how-to guide you put behind a, a gate, or there's a webinar we have to register for, or there's, I'm, you know, there's actually I'm a fan of self-service diagnostics or benchmarking. Mm-hmm. Access is just software tools that live on the web and I need to enter some information to use them. Which yep. uh, yeah, a bit more difficult to do, but they can be great. And these are the first two steps in the set. I don't know. Do you have any do you have any No, I think I, no,
0: I think we should go into the next point because that's it's quite yeah. you've got what you're trying to say there, clearly. Yeah.
1: And then the next stage is the is the page stages where I typically like mm-hmm. or expect firms to define an entry point offer. Now, this could be anything. This could be a workshop. This could be a discovery session. This could be a small sprint. Like, I recently had a client that just offers, they do, I think it's cybersecurity and something else. And they just offer sprints. They say, well, if you have a specific task and then they have a list of specific tasks you need to be doing if you're a CISO and you want our people to do it, we charge you seven and a half grand per week in sprints. And I don't know enough about prices in that sector, but they've told me that it is a loss leader for them, but it's very aggressively priced, but it, it serves well to them. That's the idea, right? You give them, yeah. like once they've read your blog posts and then they progress to take your self-service diagnostic, at the end of that diagnostic process, there should be a call to action guiding them or offering them the next point, uh, the next thing, which would be the, this entry point offer. By the way, just... I don't know if you guys want to look under the, the hood or, or whatever. And uh, When we hit that video event next week, what we'll do is we'll have a self-service diagnostic on site so people can grab a tablet, answer 20 questions, get a scoring back for the current marketing efforts, combined with pointers for how they might improve it. Uh, they receive mm-hmm. that as a PDF report, I think roughly 16 seconds after they filled out the thing in our booth. And we will then give them as a giveaway to take home with them, a series of workshop canvases, like materials and an envelope. Yeah. It's almost like the DIY kit, right? You get the report that tells you, where you how you could improve your marketing and then you get the improve it yourself workshop materials you could use to work with your team. Now, inside mm-hmm. that envelope is the offer to schedule a call with us, all right, some days past the event to discuss their diagnostic results, and to help them prepare the workshops, which in in, then at that event, again, this is me now advertising stuff. This is still free, (laughs) slightly contradictory to my recommendation here, because in a typical offering set, my recommendation would be as soon as you have to send experts who put in time, you should make that your entry point offer and charge for it.
0: You should. So don't
1: do as I say, don't do as I do, right? Don't. (laughs) don't don't do it for free if uh, there's enough value in there so you can avoid it. In our case, we're still testing stuff, so I'm not charging for it, but the idea would be, you know, uh, to do it like that. And the reason I'm telling the story besides trying to advertise it is to show you that there's a soft pull or progression here, right? So I'm not advising you to get people's email address so you can hammer them with 15 follow-ups and push something on them. But rather, Mm -hmm. they get the diagnostic report, And the insights in there are compelling and the guidance is good. And then the invitation, which is just the last page in the report that has a button that you can use, allows you to self-select or to opt into the next step, right? It says, we are not spamming you. We've shown you something and we invite you to help you further. And in my book, that's the way it's supposed to be done. I know there's merit in a bit more pushy approaches as well. I don't think that's true for consulting. We should be more... It should be clearer why they would require our help. It should be more trust-based and should be more in the hands of the clients, whether they want this or not. I don't know if you have a different opinion, but I'm not the one for sending 15 emails no, that no, it's... essentially say, hey, remember me? Hey, you know, I hate this stuff. So
0: it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be to use a meaning, <laughs> <clears throat> reference like the fairy and Zelda going, hey, listen, hey, listen, <laughs> it shouldn't be one of those. Don't be the Zelda fact fairy.
1: That... All right. That's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be that. the one, the fairy that goes around like Link saying, hey, listen, hey, listen. No, you basically yep. need to have something there. And also, if you're bringing in experts, I just want to get into that point, it should be something that you get paid for. Even if it's going to be a loss, it still should be the fact that your client should realize you're not giving this for free.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a very important point. So, we are, part, like I said, recovering some of our costs right? Tr- correct. But what you said okay. is tr- equally true. We're getting clients used to the idea of paying for our expertise. And this is especially valuable. Like if you are, let's say a firm like Ash's current and my past employer, that is not as much a co- of a concern, right? Because you will be very large and commercially sophisticated and whatnot. But if you're running a mid-sized firm and you work for clients much larger than yours, can be good to like, exactly what you said, Ash, to get those reps in early and make them pay for your expertise as opposed to treating you like some you know
0: some yeah you're partner. not disposable and yeah people need to understand that what you're investing in is capital yeah. as well. Yeah. So next on my list, yeah, next yeah, in the, the paid
1: category mm-hmm. is the trust building offer. So we had our entry point. Now we need to deepen the relationship. And that is typically mm-hmm. some strategy or planning work. And I like to set this up in a way that here we are pretending or anticipating that the full engagement will eventually come around. And that is how we design the trust building offer. So as a bit risky, and we don't have time to discuss this in full, but I, you can skip this step. And after the entry point offer, pitch the full engagement right away in, in many cases. So I'm not saying this is a must do, but I'll give a specific example. Like many consultancies doing work in the analytics or automation or AI space, will need to take a deeper look into their clients' infrastructure and data and all that stuff, right? To assess how quickly they can even ramp up an automation initiative or an AI initiative. So it's a good idea. Like you've done the entry point offer, maybe you've done a potential analysis of some sort or a feasibility study or whatever. And the trust building offer then becomes like a road mapping sprint or a data quality review, which does two things. A, it's value for the client because it clearly shows them how likely they are to be successful, where they might need to tweak some stuff for this, for you know the automation initiative to eventually take off and all that stuff. But it also helps you, the consultancy, to do a much better job of pricing out and calculating all that stuff, the full engagement, right? Like con- con- contrast being paid to assess the client's yep. data in a small scope project first and then move on. Contrast that with answering an RFP for the full automation effort giving prices based on a bunch of assumptions and then living with the risk of being either way too expensive or having priced way too low. Right. So this is, I know this is a little bit made up, but you get the idea of that. The trust putting offer should be designed to lead directly into the full engagement, which then is the next step, right? You do the full work, which either is a full project, maybe with implementation work tacked onto it. That, that depends Mm -hmm. on your setup. And then I think the last one is the expansion offers, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like basically, if you're looking at it as you, your trust building offers the entry point, full engagement is the meat that you're delivering the whole thing, the expansion is upselling and working on the rest of the stuff until you basically manage to sell them your entire original first, you know, set of services. And after that, you can, of course, like consider more. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, yeah, so depending on where you are, I think agency world typically has retainers and stuff, right? Yeah. IT world has managed services. I'm not sure expansion offers exist that much in, in strategy or management consulting world. There it's probably more an account marketing play, right? Where it's you sit more down with the client year play. after year to uncover new projects or whatever. Yeah, but that's that stage. Or that-
0: it's a bit of both because one is there's an account play of always upselling, which you need to do because you need to sell more into, yeah. you know, not you need to, which you want to do in terms of selling more to the same client, making sure that you have like A, retained services, B, the trust, and then you continue to have a relationship where you can you keep, you know, selling things as things evolve and there's also the element that because we live in unprecedented times and lots of change happens that even while you're delivering a piece of strategy work there's going to be more things that need to be considered as you know things change you can be future looking and can come up with like a massive process but given the fact that most of these transformative works do not take place in the span of like a month or a few you know weeks or something there's almost always change that happens by the time you deliver the original goal, yeah. which you then need to like adjust for. So there's there is expansion you know, opportunities even in mm-hmm. strategy and consulting in management consulting yeah. work these days.
1: I whatever it is in your space, I think, and as you you're pointing out some good examples there, like the, the point of the offering set method or ideas that you think about them in advance. And you package at least some of them, right? Going back to the episode we did with Luke about productization, right? It's not rigid. Mm -hmm. This is the product, buy it or leave it. No, but it's standardizing it to a certain extent. So to your point, Ash, because you mentioned transformations, right? You're exactly right. So these take a lot of time. And once they're over, maybe there is an optimization offer where you say, okay, we've delivered your HR transformation. How about we stay with you for 12 more months? to optimize and tweak and finesse what you've built now, because there will still be glitches surfacing after a successful implementation. There will always be ways to improve it further. Would you be interested in that? So this would be an expansion offer. Okay. And I think we, we get the idea. Um, I just wanted to, and, and I think this concept, you could maybe listeners now are sitting there already and can think about what their set could be. Yeah, I don't know, but to... Not caveats, more tips maybe to for how you build yeah, those. Because I would recommend you don't just build them in the wild and use what makes sense in any whatever way. But I like to ground those offering sets and strategy. And there's two steps or two interlinking steps to do that. One is to maybe have or tie them back to if you have it, or maybe if you don't have it, design it, to have a signature method sort of inform and govern so a signature
0: masses oh you mean your standard one of your favorite words flow a framework
1: it's a framework and i know Our that process, yeah. larger firms will not always have this or have one in every practice but often it pays to have a a high level overarching description of some general consulting method or approach you always you always think and that is, yep. a, is a framework, You're right? So but if you have that somewhere and you show it, and I'll use client-friendly as an example because I, I would have client examples which were more interesting, but I'm afraid that these guys will recognize themselves if I talk about it here. So so in client-friendly, we, we promise high impact marketing for consultancies, and we have a we say we have a signature method for this, right? We have four building blocks, we look at the strategy, we look at the client journey, we look at the story, and we look at the marketing system of your firm. And you can believe in this or buy it or not. That's not my point. My point is our entry point offers are informed by this. So when I say there is a diagnostic you can take, then that diagnostic has four dimensions on it with, which happen to represent our, our four building blocks. So, But I'm saying by this, there is a through line from the standard consulting approach we take into the offers we then present. And uh, I, I don't know how I can explain this but I sometimes come across consultancies where this is not the case. Like they will describe a signature method. So they will say, oh, here's what you should be doing. And then they'll have an entry point offer that is very loosely related to this. Like maybe the equivalent would be, I talk to you about the plan friendly method. I spend a lot of time discussing how strategy should be first. And then my entry point offering is, oh, I'll spend half an hour reviewing all the headlines of your blog posts. Which maybe even is something people would be interested in. I get the I appeal to designing offerings that are not tied into your signature method. But the problem is if you do it, like it might be an easy sell, right? I'm not saying it doesn't work. Yeah. But the problem is then this sort of positions you within the clients. Now now the guys who bought this know you as procurement knows you as if it's the entry point offering and someone paid for it, you're the headline guy, or whatever the equivalent is. So which is Mm -hmm. not the best side. So my recommendation would be, even if it's um, maybe slightly more difficult to sell or even more difficult to do, try and connect your offers to your signature method. If you don't have your signature method, if you haven't described your approach to how to best do X, whatever your X is, right? Digital transformation, consulting, supply chain improvement, whatever. Do that, it'll help a ton. That would be my first caveat. And the second one should be, that your signature method should also be derived, should in itself be derived from your point of view. And that is then the link back to strategy. I'll walk you through it backwards. If I have particular, if I have a target segment, client-friendly targets mid-sized consultancies in in specific contexts to improve their marketing, and I have validated insight into these client groups, like I know from research and experience where marketing goes wrong for those firms then I get to have a point of view, an opinion about what they yeah. should be doing differently, how they need to improve, how these firms should be running marketing to get better. And that then allows me to define a signature method, and from there, define my offering set. So that- is that clear enough, or was that too much in one go? I don't
0: know. Yeah, no, I think that is very clear. Yeah, Yeah. so this, and I think you, this is- given, You laid it out well, yeah
1: and and this is how you get from your strategy. So, so your market segmentation, the client insights, the pain points you solve right to your point of view, to your signature method, and then to your entry offers. And the whole point of this episode is to say it's a bunch of work, yes, but do it and you'll quickly see your marketing a get way easier because now you have, you know again, harking back to our productization episode, a product or a set of offerings you can put into the the, sh- the shopping window for the world to see and for you to mm-hmm. market and also you will have you'll just by thinking about the stuff and describing it and defining definitions and so forth you win so much clarity and guardrails and even fragments of copy you can use in your marketing it's just it's a thing of beauty to be honest
0: yeah yeah that sounds like the best way to sell your services better
1: I'm not saying it's the best, but and it's, it's, well, it seems to be s- working we don't pretty well. We are not think it's the
0: best.
1: Yeah. 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 It's an improvement. And to go back to something we, we keep saying on this podcast, what it does, it, it frees you from selling your capability, right? We yes. do marketing consulting to consultancies. Do you need some? To, to selling specific offerings, which, yeah. In our case, first Absolutely. step is, yeah. do you want to take this diagnostic to get a detailed score, how you do in four dimensions, plus customized recommendations for how to fix this, if they're not mm-hmm. good? It's way easier to say yes to, which meaning means, yeah, we said this, it's way easier to mark. Okay, so recap, because I know we got to run offering sets. They're a great idea to have, and you should build one out. Essentially, they are mm-hmm. interlinked, sort of progressive... Sequences of subsequent offerings where you take people from free educational content and relationships, start a conversion office into pieces of being entry point offers, narrow scope, low risk, low fees, but quick value, so to speak. Trust building offers where you do the foundational work that you would be able to rely on if there ever was to be a full engagement. And then there's the full engagement if you can get it plus the expansion offers towards the end. And you should be defining all these in ways which are in line with signature method of doing stuff which in turn should come from your point of view that see that's the entire episode just 50 seconds okay whatever yeah i hope people found that helpful Um, and that's all i have for a day yeah that's
0: and that's a wrap flow i think we've got it with this one
1: all right if you say so then i'll stop the recording here and before i do say thank you everybody for listening and have a nice rest of the week. Oh, and if you are in Düsseldorf, let me know. Like DM me on LinkedIn, whatever. We can schedule a coffee on site. Yep, I'd be ever so delighted. Cool. Speak soon, Ash. Speak soon, and everyone else. See you. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.